you pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there anything here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Well, today in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is going to start teaching us with parables. And what's a parable? It's a little nugget of a story that mm-hmm. hides a deeper truth. Why would Jesus do that? Yeah, it's a curious change, but what we can do is see what the effect is on the people who are listening to him. Mm. Let's look at that today on, on More Than, Than Ink. Well, yes, here we are again around our dining room table. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, we're glad you're with us again. I hope you're enjoying what we're enjoying. We're going through the book of Matthew, and uh, and we're heading into one of Jesus', I guess, maybe his second most uh, well-known teaching passage. I mean, the first one was the uh, when you got into chapter 5 on the Sermon on the Mount. But now we get to the the thing called the kingdom parables. And and Matthew collects a lot of them in one place. We don't know that yeah. he actually told all these stories all at once, but he probably right, told them right. repeatedly. Yeah. But about a third of Jesus' teachings are, are in the form of a parable. And yeah, so yeah. today we start into the biggest chunk of them that Matthew records. Yeah, and they're really fun. So this is a, this is a thinking cap. you got to put your thinking caps on. You can't just listen. You got to think these, think your way through these. But just in these, these initial parables, he'll explain them to us. So he'll give us the idea how we're supposed to do this. But a little later on, he'll bring us some parables that he doesn't explain for us. So then we really got to put our thinking right. caps on. Well, so. because when they come to him after this one, and, and Mark records this, that they say, "Okay, so you know, explain the parables to us." And he says to them in Mark four thirteen, "Well, you didn't understand that one. How will you understand how any you of this? them?" Yeah. So there's something fundamental about this first one that helps us understand all the parables. And a parable, (laughs) uh, we probably should say right at the get-go, is just a story that puts one thing alongside another for the purpose of teaching. It is an illustration, a story, that causes you to think more deeply. And the great thing about the parables is that they're just these little nuggets of stories. They're simple, they're mm-hmm. memorable, they're portable, they're, they're about everyday items right, and right. circumstances that everybody can relate you know to. What he's and about. yet and yet the way Jesus tells them it causes you to think, "Oh, well maybe there's something bigger because he says the kingdom of heaven is like exactly, this exactly. everyday common thing and then yeah. you're forced to think, "Well, how is that?" Yeah. <laughs> so So what what he's really going to call us to do is to listen thoughtfully. Yeah, it's um, all about how about you listen. And if you're into English grammar, this is, these are not technically allegories. They're not no. technically metaphors. They're, no, they're comparisons. Yeah, they're comparisons. And and even, you know, that whole idea of a parable. The parable, the English word parable is almost a direct translation of, of the, the Greek sound word. in Greek. Yeah. Because there's, there was a verb called parabolo, and parabolo is when you would bring a ship up alongside and parallel right. to another ship to, so you could shoot at them. Or today, you know, if you're going to dock a boat, you bring it up parallel to the yeah, dock. Yeah, come so, alongside. So the verb is parabola, but then once you get there and they're in parallel, then you say, now we got ourselves a parabola. That's a parable. So that's what we're doing here. He's deliberately bringing these stories up alongside a greater truth for you to 
think thoughtfully about what's being said. So the first one's a, like a training yeah. parallel for us. It, well, that's, I'll explain it. that's a good way to put it. So he had been inside a house of some kind teaching, as, as we recall, because then it says his mother and brothers came to the house and asked to see him, right? If you remember that from the end yeah, of chapter yeah. 12. So here we start in to chapter 13, that same day, Matthew tells us. So this one happened this way. Uh, let's start reading in verse 1. Here Are we, we ready? Okay, okay, so here, here comes on. the parable. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they didn't have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear." Well, I have ears. Well, do they just uh, adorn the side of your head? Or for women, are they just a place to hang your earrings? Or, well, or, or we no. talk about things going in one ear and out the other. Right. And he's saying, that's we do that naturally. What he wants to say is, if you got an ear, you need to really give some listen. Is there. it connected Think to your this. thinking and to your heart? Right, right, right. Don't let it just bounce off or go in one ear and out yeah, the other. That's right. That's do you right. have a spiritual appetite? Right. That's right. what he's asking. That's right. So, so uh, it's just a nice setup when it begins as he comes out of the house, you know, where his mom and his brothers had come. He comes out of that house, and then there's so many people around. He needs to actually get out in a boat and push away from the shore, and people aren't going to stand in the water, so they'll right. stand on the so beach. So there's a little separation, a little so separation. they're not just crowding yeah. up so close. We're, we're having problems with the numbers of people. And uh, as a pastor, I like the fact that in this particular case, Jesus is sitting and the congregation is standing throughout <laughs> The entire thing. So, you know, that probably would decrease the amount of people that fall asleep, but that's just the setup. So here's Jesus in the boat and he's telling this and he just launches off in this in this parable and 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 there he goes. And he talks about a sower who went out to sow. And uh, he comes up with four contexts, and they knew about this agriculturally, four contexts in which if you put the seed in these different places, they have different results in terms of sprouting. And that's the, that's a general truth that yeah. everybody recognized, yeah, right? I'm a do. gardener. Yeah. These things are still true today, even right? It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, But he says, now, this story is about the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. There's something happening here. And if you've got ears... If you have a spiritual appetite, are your ears connected to your understanding? Yeah. yeah. Then listen up. Yeah. So just, you know, we're not going to explain it just now because he's going to explain it later uh, in a few minutes here. But just remember, the seed is being sown in four different levels, four different kinds of soil. Different kinds of soil. Yeah. And some of them will promote growth and some won't. And somehow there's a, there's a gigantic spiritual connection mm -hmm. to this very ordinary, commonly seen thing. And, uh, and we'll just review them quickly and then we'll just push on. How about that? So the first the first soil is on a path. Path is always trodden down and it's hard. You're not going to grow too many seeds it's a public on place. hard soil. You know, it's either going to get crushed underfoot or the ground's too hard, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Not going to happen. 
Uh, and then, uh, and as a result of that, the seeds are wasted. The bird just come and pick them off the ground. And eat them, you know? <laughs> I'm acquainted with that. Yeah, yeah, we have a problem with that. And then the second one is that the seeds go into rocky ground. So uh, there's there's fertile ground underneath it, but it's kind of rocky, and the seeds will germinate. But because of the rocks and stuff, the the, the roots just don't go very low. And and so if uh, the weather gets bad or you need water in a drought, you know, the roots are going to say we can't help you out, and the plant just dies. And then the third situation is where you cast it in, again, in very fertile soil. So fertile, in fact, that weeds are growing all over the place. But now when it when it germinates, it's going to compete for resources in the soil, one plant versus the other plant. Well, in a specific kind of weeds, he says thorns. Yeah, yeah. So this is so that's a problem. They get choked out, basically. But then, oh, finally, in the fourth one, it's good. It's fertile, it's fertile ground. There's no weeds. There's no rocks. And then it, uh, it sprouts and it grows ahead, you know, with more seeds. So that it multiplies hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. So, so you know, we say, yeah, okay, great. So, what's this got to do about anything? Because you know, at this particular parable here, in in Matthew's narrative, it doesn't say that he started it by saying the kingdom of heaven is light. No, that's true. But that's he will. True. He will now because he, he's going to ask. They say, why do you keep talking to us in parables? Right. So let's just keep that right. under our belts for a second, and he'll explain it for us as we move on in the passage. So let's go to verse 10. Okay. Then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Okay, so this is probably after the whole series of parable right, right, teachings. Right. Yeah. So uh, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Well, now, wait a minute. That's not very straightforward. Uh, (laughs) Verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, saying, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Wow, isn't that fascinating? He's saying that he deliberately uses this technique so that those who need to understand will, and those who don't need to understand won't. And this sets up a really interesting thing about parables, is that they are deliberately designed to puzzle, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that those with an appetite for spiritual truth will dig in. And those who's who can just dismiss it without even giving it a second thought. Oh, it's a cute little story, but it's irrelevant to me. And it just goes right over their head. parables are designed both to reveal truth and to conceal it. Yeah. Why would God hide a truth in order to cause us to need to dig it out? Yeah, and Jesus is very deliberate here. Both of those things are operating here. Right. And I I would almost say um, the second one about... about, removing the truth from the foreground is is a big deal i mean it's part of what's going on so why would god deliberately hide truth from people who don't want it 
That's the question. Isn't that an interesting thing? You know, there. Yeah. We do you want to talk about that? Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit because I think that's what, what makes people trip on this passage more uh, than anything else. Because that's a really important idea that if you have dismissed this and said there's nothing of any value here, Jesus knew that this people was going to reject him nationally. Right. 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 And so by veiling the truth, those who were already inclined to reject would be less guilty because they would not have really thoroughly understood what yeah, it was they were rejecting. It's sort of a mercy toward those with hardened hearts so that right. it would it avoid adding more condemnation to right. the rejection of the truth in a way. You know, and so yet the truth is there to be dug a hidden like an Easter egg. Right, right. <laughs> right. And those, those who are motivated who want to gain deeper understanding right. will dive into it, use what they know in order to untangle what's there and, and they'll get it. But for the ones who just don't care, who just, you know, just want to let it go, it'll just go right over there so the thing is that truth once rejected makes it a little easier to reject the next time yeah and so yeah. there's this kind of hardening process going on yes if you yes. reject the truth it, you become a little more hardened to it a little easier to dismiss it next time you heard it yeah yeah in fact in some of the people we know in our area here who have become mm. believers Many times there there was this uh, point in their conversion process where they say, and they say this deliberately, they say, I, I gave myself permission mm -hmm. to question or to doubt or to look right. into. To look deeper. And and that's what we're seeing right here as well. If these people who were, had been hardened had said, no, wait, I'm going to give myself permission to actually listen to this and consider this. But they've already come into it saying, I'm not going to consider this. Yeah. I, I don't care who this Jesus guy is. And so I'm not going to listen to what he says. Well, and there's an appeal to the understanding. He says, you know, if you, if you see with perception and hear with open ears, mm -hmm. your understanding will be affected. And are you willing to respond to the truth that you then understand? Right, right. So yeah. that's how the parables function. And Jesus says very clearly, that's why I'm telling them this story, because it's going to separate those with a spiritual appetite from those who have none. Right, right. And it's it's both those sides. It's both those sides. And by the way, Jesus kind of hinted at this during um, the Sermon on the Mount when he talked about throwing your pearls mm, before, pearls before swine. swine. Yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of an idea is, is sort of included right here as well. So Jesus uses this very clever technique of being able to satisfy the desires of those who want more deep understanding as, all, as well as sort of avoiding uh, more hardening on the part of those who are already hardened. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you make of it when he says in verse 12, to the one who has, more will be given and he'll have an abundance, but the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Yeah, well, the first one's easier because you know that it takes some pre-knowledge about the kingdom to, in order to untangle these. A little bit okay. of knowledge of what's mm -hmm. going on to make that connection. But the fact that people who reject it, uh, <laughs> that, that they'll actually lose what they already know, is sort of a... It, it, it actually, it hints at many things, but one of them to me hints at the fact that what you do know about the kingdom, about what Jesus is all about, if you don't revisit it and reapply it, you start to, it starts to get soft in your head. It, fades. it starts to fade. You know, you forget. And it, get, it fades away naturally because we live in a, in a physical world that tends to kind of crowd it out. And so your understanding of the kingdom just tends to fade. Okay. So it's not just that way with spiritual truth. Right. It's that way with math. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And, uh, at least yeah. that's that worked for me, right? If yeah. I didn't continually revisit and redo those problems and understand those concepts, then by the next, you know, you take the summer off, you come back in the fall, you're like, 
oh, wait, what was that? Yeah. Right? We all need to be continually reminded to yeah. build on the truth that we know in order to cement it yeah. one level deeper. Yeah. And so as we read this, listeners, this is this is a fun way to take what you already know about the kingdom, about who Jesus is, and apply it and kind of scratch your head and think big thoughts and try and find why, why Jesus is taking this story and bringing it and parallel alongside of what you already know and what it means to. Because like I say, next time we get together, he's going to give us some parables he's not going to explain for us. Right, and, right. And it'll cause us to twist a little bit. And that's good. That's really good. Now, I want to also notice that he, he quotes Isaiah 6, which is an interesting passage. It is. Because it is immediately after God calls Isaiah to right. be a prophet. And he has, and Isaiah has this, this kind of, oh, I'm in heaven. I'm going to die. I can't see God. And God says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to call you to go out there but immediately he he quotes this to isaiah and says you're going to go out there and speak for me but by the way they have ears but they're not going to listen to right (laughs) it's miserable news god says here i'm sending you to this people and then but they're blind and deaf and they're not going to listen and isaiah's response is well how long what yeah so i would encourage you to look at that it's in isaiah 6 and uh, it's just fascinating it's right after it won't take you long to read it yeah it's just but it also uh, kind of opens the the idea that this i this understanding that God's people had grown dull of hearing and hard yes. of seeing had been going on for centuries. It is a recurrent theme in the book of Isaiah and in Jeremiah, even Ezekiel yeah, talks yeah. about it. I mean, that, Isaiah's five centuries before so Jesus. So they were thoroughly so. kind of hardened into a particular expectation of yeah. Messiah according to their own desires yeah, by this yeah. time Jesus came. Which again explains why they received Jesus with such violence, because mm-hmm. he was just way outside the way outside, outside the what they wanted what or they, expected. Yeah, right. But he does encourage him in 16 when he comes out of the passage in Isaiah 6. In verse 16, you know, but blessed are your eyes. Hey, they see. Your ears, they hear. And truly, and this is a wonderful statement. Mm-hmm. I say to you, there, there are many prophets and righteous people who long to see what you see and they didn't see it. And to hear what you hear and they didn't hear it. So, you know, for us, what a great encouragement. What you are reading on these pages right. is truth that people long ago yearned to understand, but they never saw it. They never saw it. And, you know, he's saying this to the 12. So, you know, maybe he was saying it personally to them. You have me. And you have these Mm -hmm. three years when you have access to me. You can come and ask me, hey, wait, what did that mean? And I will tell you. Right, Right. Right. But we now have the Holy Spirit of this same Lord Jesus resident in us. And when we apply our open minds and hearts and say, Lord, I don't understand this. What does this mean? Jesus said, the Spirit will teach you. He'll yep. bring to your remembrance. He will give you understanding. Everything I said, yeah. yeah. Well, we said that this was a training parable. Okay. Because <laughs> he will explain it to us. <laughs> so if you're curious about the seeds in these four different soils, well, what is this all Here mean? comes his explanation. So here's the number one parable in order to help you figure out how you do this. Should, should I read this? Yeah, thing? go ahead. Okay. So here's our explanation. Verse 18. So he says, so here then the parable of the sower. By the way, that's what this is known as, the mm-hmm. parable of the sower. 19. So when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet uh, he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, well, immediately he falls away. 
As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. And as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, and in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another thirty. What a great explanation. Well, it makes a great deal of sense, yeah. right? Because he's just describing the four different kinds of soil. Mm-hmm. The, say, the seed is the same, the sower is the same, but their response is different. And you know, in fact, in all four cases, there he starts with they heard the right, words. Right, they heard the word. They heard the words. Uh, and I'm really intrigued by this very first one when he says, "When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, right? Well, mm-hmm. to understand something requires thinking. It requires applying your mind to it and letting it penetrate you. Yeah, yeah. right. Which is the problem with seed on the path. That's right. There's no place for that seed to penetrate. It doesn't stay long before the birds no, snatch it. Even yeah. though the seed still contains all of the truth, all of the potential, right. all of the of the future possibilities, but mm-hmm. just sits there ungerminated because of the hardness of the soil. Yeah. Yeah. So we we've uh, identified that the seed itself is the word mm-hmm. about the kingdom. Okay. It's the understanding, right? And the soil is well, it's the receptivity inside people the to that of the word. People. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, so it gets snatched away. Um, let's go on to the rocky ground. Okay. Yeah. So the rocky ground, they hear the word, and they, and they receive it with joy. They receive it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and it I, germinates. Yeah. And springs up fast, yeah. but there's no deep root. It doesn't take root. Yeah. So when things get hard, the sun shines, sun shines down hot, the water is scarce. <laughs> Yeah, and they know I, again with plants. If it doesn't have a deep root, if there's if the outside environment gets really bad, if it gets harsh, drought and stuff like that, without the water in the dirt and without a root to tap into it, you're just going to wither. And that's what he's talking about a here. Deep tap root. Now this is an interesting idea because this this deeply rooted into the groundwater uh, shows up in Psalm one. It shows up in Isaiah or uh, Jeremiah seventeen. This idea right, of right. being deeply rooted into a water source that is below the surface, like a tree planted by the water right yeah yeah so that that's an important thing so again it's not the ineffectiveness of the seed itself no it's the receptivity to it and although it was received initially with great enthusiasm it wasn't nurtured so they understood it kind of but then it wasn't nurtured so it didn't grow and he says specifically when tribulation right hard times because of it or persecution right those are things that target that little weenie seed (laughs) right yeah right right yeah and they make things hard for it and they threaten your understanding and even your acceptance of what you heard about the word right yeah and that commonly shows up today when people say i became a christian but then my life got hard and i figured god didn't love me anymore right or god didn't care that kind of thing is what happens so he goes into the third case which is sown among thorns thorns yeah again he hears the word so uh, uh, hears it with understanding and receives it but jesus says the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke it out yeah so it's a competition Uh in this fertility of the ground so again you can receive the gospel and but then other things in the world call out to you and end up consuming your resources and your attention and your ability to nurture them and they might deliver a faster immediate return for the kind of delight i'm looking for 
Yeah. So this is not a problem of like drought light circumstances where you don't have a tap. No. This is about where you have a very fertile area and you let other things grow instead. Right. It's a, it's a, it has the same effect on that seed. It just chokes it out. Chokes it out. Yeah. But in the final assessment, you have the good soil. You hear the word, you understand mm-hmm. it. Let it penetrate. And you let it, you let it grow past just germination, but up until full height, you know, with wheat, that's like a meter tall. That's a yard tall. And then it puts on heads and then the more seed come out of it. So he's shown about how the gospel, when it actually finds fertility in people's hearts, it multiplies, it not does. only in your hearing and your understanding, but how you propagate it to other people. It's as easy to propagate as speaking the word all over again. But it's interesting, too, that this there's this little detail about there's a variety of fruitfulness. Yeah. Right? No, some, that's true. Yeah. And it's all good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But some bears 30, some bears 60, some bears 100 times it's right. just there's no way of predicting yeah. and and we've seen this in the lives of people we've known over over decades mm-hmm. <laughs> where the, the the gospel takes root and some of them they just go on fire and they're like we, we know some are traveling around the world right now who just speak about the gospel and we're talking about hundredfold stuff others it's a little more limited and there's not there's nothing wrong with that but it is an interesting thing it's just like a seed a simple seed that was planted and then the outgrowth of the fruit is unpredictable and varied and that's okay that's great you know i might mention while we got just a couple seconds left there's another interesting parallel idea if you read isaiah 55 mm-hmm. where he talks about uh, oh. his word coming out of heaven and watering the ground it's not a perfect parallel to this but i'm just suggesting there's it a connection as another parabola to bring alongside <laughs> of this if you want to it's in isaiah 55 verse 8 so for a couple verses time verse 8 and it's, it's an interesting kind of side thing if you're looking for a way to complement this parable all by itself well and that that says something wonderful about the word of god that it never goes forth without accomplishing God's purpose. Right, right. And I might add one more thing here. We've been talking about the apostles being trained to be sent out and mm-hmm. do stuff. This is a wonderful investment in them in order of lining up their expectations. They're going to go to different places around the world, and they're going to sow the same seed over right. and over and over again. And the responses are going to be varied, and they need to understand that this is not their failure as they do this, that there just is going to be a varied response. And Jesus says it has nothing to do with the quality of the seed that you're spreading. Nor the activity of the sower. Exactly. It has everything to do with just the receptivity of the heart. So what a great way for Jesus to kind of set their expectations and say, it's going to be good in some places, but others not. So get used to it because that happened with Jesus as well. So before we run completely out of time, I just want to circle back to this particular parable, a question worth asking is, what kind of soil are you? That's the big question. Are you one that that the seed will penetrate and germinate or or not and so uh, we'll lay down some guidelines for understanding the parables in the coming weeks as we talk about some more but this is a good one to begin with in terms of personal application what a great start what kind of soil are you (laughs) yeah well so anyway we're out of time i'm jim and i'm dorothy and we're glad you joined us here come back as we continue the kingdom parables next week on more More than Than Ink. ink There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethaninc.org. And while you are there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. Well, that's not bad. Let's take another run at it. 
This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.